Awesome. Uh, I was going to say good to see you all this morning, but uh, there's only like three people here. Uh, through the Spirit, good to see you at, home, at your homes. Um, we do really, really miss, uh, miss uh, hanging out. I mean, uh, it's weird talking to an empty church, but um, we do connect spirit to spirit uh, over, over, I guess, online. And uh, just a couple uh, reminders of uh, some things and ways you can connect. Uh, we do have our online community, the Junction Church Members Facebook page, where you can post prayer requests or thoughts or things that have been encouraging to you. Uh, we do have our midweek online gatherings, and it has been uh, good to see uh, many of you uh, join in on some of those. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday morning from 9.30 to 10, we just spend an hour and we chat and we pray and we chat and, and we pray, uh, check in with each other. Tuesday at 12.30 to 1.30, we're doing a class on hearing God, how to hear God, and uh, you're welcome to join in on any, uh, any, any Tuesday as we talk about how to hear God better. Uh, Kathy has been leading uh, the Ladies' Study and Discussion Wednesdays from uh, 1 to 3 o'clock, and all of the links to get onto those video chat rooms are found on our website and also often posted on our Facebook and also prayer is available uh, online or over the phone if you do need prayer for any reason uh, just get a hold of the church um, or a member of the prayer team and they'd be happy to connect with you over the phone or via uh, zoom the video chat room that we have been been using uh, you're still able to uh, give uh, you can always give through our website or through our app or you can just text the word junction church to uh, the number 77977. And as always, if you are joining us from another church, uh, please connect with your home church and, uh, and, give, and give to them. We are going to talk today on the subject of uh, faith versus fear. I know there's been a lot of talk about fear out there, and actually everything in me wanted me, I just was like, I don't want to talk about fear because everybody's talking about fear. But I felt led to talk about it this morning. Uh, but we are going to start with a bit of a humorous video clip because sometimes it's just good to laugh a little bit. So we're going to play that at this time. Tom and Eddie, the skit guys, here to help you to conquer your fear with five tips. That's right. Number five, acknowledge your fear. Write it down. Get it out there. Oh, do that, Tommy. Do that. That's a great idea, okay? Here's the thing, when you write down your fear, it kind of helps just squelch the fear. Tommy is going to show you right now that we all have this in common, we all have fears. This is Tommy's number one fear. This is my number one fear. I've seen it happen to people and it's tragic. I can't imagine what it would be like to... Really? So much skin. Number four, realize that most of your fears don't even come true. Yours did. This isn't a fear. Looks like it should have been. When it comes to those fears, they don't really ever come true. Like some people have a fear of garden gnomes coming alive in the middle of the night and destroying you. What? Yes, a bunch of people fear that. I don't think so. It's a legitimate fear. Those little statues in people's yards. Those evil statues in people's yards. Oh, this is your fear. You're afraid of, no, you're I'm afraid not. of garden no, gnomes. I'm not. Yes, no, you I'm are. not. I'm not Look at me. you. No. <laughs> okay, 
okay, okay, moving on. Number three, do the thing you fear. Yes, yes, like stay the night in a yard filled with garden gnomes. No, it really is a good idea to do what you fear. In fact, Winston Churchill said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. No, Winston Churchill didn't say that. Hmm? Emerson said that. What? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. How do you know that? Well, I had a college class on and there was a, did you just say, how do I know that? Yep. Okay, you know what I'm curious about? I'm curious what it would look like if I shaved your head. That's not funny. I'm not laughing. Number two, be curious. Yeah, because when you're curious, you're not focusing on your fear. You're squelching your fear. You're, you're opening the door for God's wonder. Curiosity does that. Yeah, and you'll also find that curiosity did not kill the cat. It was that creepy kid across the street. There's someone to be afraid of. You don't even be afraid of him. Because the number one way to conquer your fear is to trust in God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit of the Lord is not of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Yep, in fact, I got you a little keepsake to help you remember that. Thanks, buddy, that's what I like about this guy. He's always thinking of other people. Ah! So there you have it, friends. Go out there. Conquer your fear. Make that bucket list of things that you want to do and know that God is on your side because there is no thing that you have to be afraid of. All right. <clears throat> Few of us are laughing here anyways. Good stuff. Oh, Father, we, uh, uh, we thank you for laughter in, in times of difficulty. God, we thank you for the joy that you, uh, you put in our hearts. And God, uh, this morning we acknowledge the, the trouble going on around us as well. Uh, the suffering and, um, and the hardship. And God, we just take a moment in our own hearts to lift up uh, just all the frontline workers. God, we lift up to you. All those who have lost loved ones throughout this, all those, God, who are, are weighed down uh, by fear and anxiety, we lift them up to you. All right, this morning we are going to sort of take a similar theme to what we did last week, but we're going to kind of push it a little further as we talk on the subject of uh, faith versus fear. Uh, last week we focused in on the peace that God gives us even during uh, very, very difficult times. And we looked at John 14, 27, where Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the context of troubled hearts and, and being afraid, uh, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. 
And as we talked about, it's not the same kind of peace as the world gives, because the world's peace is all about, you know, if I have enough money, I have peace. If I'm healthy, if I have peace. If in my family's all together, I have peace. But this is a peace from a different place. This is a peace from within. Uh, Jesus said that, that, uh, that the Bible says that He is our peace. It's a peace that flows from, from our own hearts. We looked at Colossians 3 where it says to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. That again, we were actually called to peace. And we're to let the peace of Christ, which is a perfect peace. There's no, uh, you know, it's limitless. That's what we're to to make sure that it is reigning and ruling in our hearts, that we don't want to let anxiety or fear rule. We want to let peace rule in, in our hearts. And we were called to peace because when we uh, get knocked out of peace, it is amazing how much turmoil that can cause in, in our own bodies. I mean, uh, stress and anxiety and, and fear is very, very difficult on, on our body. In fact, this week, uh, or last week, the Mental Health Commission of Canada kind of put out this note. Uh, they said this, the brain is continuously seeking new informational cues to reassess the threat level. Unfortunately, if we bombard ourselves with COVID-19 details, headlines, and images, we reinforce the threat signal and perpetuate the stress response. Remember, the information we allow in will affect how we feel, and we should monitor, monitor that intake with, with care. And they go on to say that we should set boundaries on, on news consumption. Uh, with such a rapidly evolving situation, it can feel like even a few hours without an update will leave us in the dark. But while the information about COVID-19 is constant, it is highly repetitive. The more often we receive information, the more it will play on our mind and the more difficult it will be to disengage. So try limiting your updates between one and three designated times per day. In the interim, make a concentrated effort to place your attention elsewhere because, and they're realizing this is because sometimes people, for some who are fixed on the news all the time, not all, but for some it's actually causing a lot of anxiety and stress and it's shifting them from the place Again, we were called and designed to live in peace, and it's shifting them to a place of anxiety and worry. And so just a note from the Mental Health Commission of Canada to, to watch your intake, to watch what you're focusing on. And they're suggesting that we take a concentrated effort to place our attention in other places. And this, you know, shakeup of life is actually a really good time to try new things, uh, to experiment with a new way of living. I mean, maybe if you've been uh, let go of your job or you're spending more time at home, you can use this as an opportunity to develop a, a devotional time with, with God, a time where you, for the first time, maybe just take time every day to intimately connect with Him. Or maybe you want to take this time to read through large portions, portions of Scripture, uh, to do something different. Uh, maybe for some of you who've been, you know, your income has gone down, you could use this opportunity to do some things that you've always wanted to do. I mean, maybe you've always wanted to, to not drink as much, and you can use this as an opportunity to pull back. Or maybe you've always wanted to stop smoking. You can use this opportunity to save some money and do some shifts. But uh, you may want to take time and just say, God, with things looking so different, is there anything that you want me to adjust? 
to use this opportunity to do something different in, in, in my life in this time. And back to what we were talking about last week, Romans 8. We spent a lot of time talking about this. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So again, this has to do with our thought life. It has to do with what we're taking in, that we want to make sure our mind is governed by the spirit. And when it's governed by the spirit, that is when we're thinking like God is thinking, there is life and peace. But when our mind is focused on self and anxiety and fear, it says that it leads to death. And, and again, because we were designed to live in the peace of God. We were not designed to live in anxiety and fear. And so, as we talked about last week, we really, really cannot afford to have any thought that is not God's thought. So any thought about our current situation, we want to have God's thoughts about the current situation. When it comes to other people, we want to make sure that our thoughts about other people, if we're frustrated with people in this time, are what God is thinking about them. And even thoughts about ourselves, we want to make sure that our thoughts about ourselves are in line with God. Because when the mind is governed by the Spirit, when our thinking is in line with God's thinking, there is more life and more peace. And to help us, last week we talked about this little exercise called STAR. That when we feel that kind of the flight-fright response and we're feeling very anxious and stressed, uh, to use this thing called STOP. Where first of all, you just stop. You don't immediately try to fix the problem or person or situation. Then you want to take a deep breath and remind yourself of the presence of God. You want to appreciate and connect with God. And then you want to respond and follow the direction you receive from God. And so again, connecting with Him, making sure your thoughts are lined up uh, with, with His thoughts. Now, uh, let's continue in that theme as we get into today's message. Uh, at, uh, often, we have all kinds of different thoughts going through our mind at once. Uh, when it comes to situations, people, problems, we can have thoughts um, that are loud. We can have thoughts that are very quiet. We can have thoughts that are anxious. We can have thoughts that are filled with faith. Uh, we can have thoughts that are based on the teaching of our parents or our friends or thoughts that are based on the experiences of, of how we have grown up. Uh, we can have thoughts that are from God. We can have thoughts that are from the enemy. We can have thoughts that come from our own spirit. And we have all these thoughts rolling around our head. And the question becomes, um, what voice or what thoughts are we going to allow to dominate? So again, again the, when our mind is governed by the spirit, it leads to life and peace. When it's governed by the flesh, it leads to death and, and struggle. So what thoughts are we going to allow to dominate? when we have all these thoughts going around our, in our mind. Now, we know that often one of the very loudest voices that goes on in our mind is the voice of fear. It can be the loudest voice. Even there's God and us and others, that the voice of fear can be very, very loud in, in our hearts. And I wonder if this is why, as many have been noting in this time, that this command to don't be afraid or do not fear is actually one of the most common commands in the Bible. That God, I think He understands something about us as humans. He understands about our weaknesses. He understands that so quickly we move into the voice of fear and we hold on to it and we go with it. Because often, the voice of fear can be the loudest voice going on in our mind. 
Now, we do know when God says, do not be afraid or do not fear, that when he commands something like this, there is always the grace. He gives us the grace to move in on that command. I mean, God is not like some distant father who throws out a command and says, ha ha, have fun with that. No, he, when he commands things, he always gives us the grace to enter into it. I mean, you'd never see a father, you know, look at his two-year-old son and say, you know, I want you to go out in the yard and build me a garage and I'm going to watch. Ha ha, try. I mean, it's impossible. And we know that on our own strength, to, to not be afraid, that's impossible on our own strength. But God will give us the grace to move in in following this. And we need to understand that we are not slaves to our thoughts. We're not slaves to the loudest voice in our head in a given moment. And sometimes we think we are. Sometimes we just think, well, that's the loudest voice and I just can't do anything about it. I'm afraid. I'm freaking out. I just have to go with it because I have no choice. Actually, God says we have a choice. Uh, We do have, in the power of the Holy Spirit, power over what goes on in our mind. Ephesians 4.23 says, be made new in the attitude of your minds. Again, God's not going to command something that's impossible. Be made new in the attitude of your minds. Or Romans 12.2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, there's this idea that somehow when we get our thinking in line, in line with God, that there, there's transformation. Our Philippians 4, as we talked about last week, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And if you don't know uh, in that moment what to fix your thoughts on, I don't know what's good and right to fix my thoughts on in these moments, just ask the Father. You know, Father, in this moment, I have the voice of fear going on. It is really, really loud. Father, what do you want me to fix my thoughts on right now? And he'll speak to you. He'll he'll just place something in your spirit, and then you want to fix your thoughts on on that. But we're not slaves to our thoughts. I mean, we can shape how we we think. I mean, we can take a a picture here of a crazy dog. Um, But just just close your eyes for a moment and uh, just picture a dog in your mind. I mean, picture a a black dog in your mind. And now take that black dog and make that dog a white dog. And you can place some wings on that white dog and you can picture that dog kind of flying away. I mean, mean, we we have power over thoughts. I mean, we can change colors of dogs in our minds. and, And so we have power over thoughts. And this is important for us to understand because sometimes we think we are just a slave and we're stuck and there's no way I can change my thinking. Now, granted, it is far easier to change a black dog to a white dog in her mind or a pink dog to a yellow dog. It's far easier to do that than to change our mind when we're overwhelmed with fear to a place of of peace. But we need to know God gives us the grace when we connect with him to make that that transition in our mind. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that we can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so even if that's the loudest thought, if, if fear is the loudest thought in our mind, through the power of God, we can take that loud thought captive and put it in prison and lock it up and replace that thought which is in, with something that is in line with, with God's thinking and the way He wants us to be thinking. I mean, God does not want us to live uh, from fear, but He wants us to live in faith. That the dominant thoughts of our mind should always be thoughts of faith and not thoughts of fear. And one of the reasons God wants us to live more out of faith 
is because we all know that fear really, really does rob us of a lot of life. And it robs us of a lot of opportunities and, and the destiny that God has, it, has for us. I mean, Ralph Emerson uh, said, Fear defeats more people than any other one thing in the world. The fear defeats more people than any other one thing in this world. And there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, often the one thing that will defeat a marriage is fear. Uh, one thing that can defeat opportunities and, and giftings God has put in you is fear. One thing that can, can cause you to, to maybe pull away from God is, is, is a fear of Him that is a negative fear rather than a positive fear. Uh, he does not want us to live in, in fear. In fact, when you look at the life of Jesus, it just seemed that the one thing that would just, you know, tick him off a little bit with his disciples, cause a little bit of frustration. It seemed the only thing that it was, was it was the Pharisees at times, but in his disciples was whenever he saw them acting out of fear rather than out of faith. Because again, fear will always rob us. And when Jesus sees that in us, he knows that we are being robbed of something. And so he wants us to move from fear to faith. I mean, just looking at the gospel of Matthew, we can see Jesus being a little bit frustrated in this area. In Matthew 6, it says, If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Or Matthew 8, Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And at least here, in Matthew 8, Jesus is corresponding this idea of, of being afraid with, with actually a lack of faith. And, and we want to make sure that we're always pushing the dominant fa uh, thought in our mind towards thinking through faith rather than thinking through fear. Or Matthew 14, again, Jesus said, you have so little faith. And the one story that reminds, when I read it, at least it reminds uh, me of myself often at least, is the story in Matthew 16 where the disciples had just witnessed Jesus take seven loaves of bread, and he feeds 4,000 people. He feeds a whole pile of people with just a few loaves of bread. I mean, this incredible miracle the disciples have just seen. And then they hop in their boat, they go over to a, uh, an area, and then they hop in the boat again, and then there's this little conversation. It says, later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake the disciples discovered that they had forgotten to bring any bread. And so they just witnessed Jesus, you know, this amazing miracle, and maybe they pack some bread to take along for dinner, and they forget it. Uh, so they have no lunch, they have no dinner in the boat, and now they're all worried, they're upset, you know, you know, you know I can't go without food, and I need bread, and, you know, Jesus is going to be mad at us or something. Uh, but they're concerned. Jesus says, watch out, Jesus warned them. Be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other uh, because they hadn't brought any bread. And know, oh, it's your fault, Peter. No, it's your fault, John. And you're going to go hungry, and this is horrible. And they're operating out of fear. They're, they're, they're full of anxiety. They're fighting with each other. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves 
and the baskets left over you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up, but then, of course, they forgot. Uh, but Jesus is saying, I mean, you just witnessed these miracles, and now you're operating in fear. And it's funny, and maybe not so funny, how quickly we can move from a place of faith to a place of fear. How quickly, because of our thoughts, we can move from a place where we're full of faith to a place where we are, we are full of fear and full of anxiety and full of, of, of worry. And Jesus is, is encouraging us this morning to be built up in our faith, to allow faith to be the dominant thought that we think through things and, and not through, through fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Now, many are mentioning these days, again, that the most common uh, verse or command is to not be afraid or do not fear. But do you know, that command is, is very often coupled with why we shouldn't be afraid. And it's often coupled with this, this phrase, don't be afraid or don't fear, why? For I'm with you. This is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. I mean, they're freaking out. We don't have bread. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm in your boat. <laughs> the miracle working God is in your boat. And, and friends, God is in your boat. The miracle working God is in your boat. The one who is holding you and loving you. And, and will never leave you and forsake you. He is with you. And as he's holding you in his arms, because again, remember, we are in Jesus and he is in the Father and we are in him. He is holding us, saying, you don't have to be afraid. I am with you. And we know in the natural how when someone is with us that it, it just causes fear to lessen. And I, I remember growing up, we had this, this crazy root cellar out in the back it was dug in the ground and filled with spiders, and there were some times when my parents would say, you know, go get a jar of beets, and I would have to open up this door and go into this black cave, and there were spider webs, and man, it, would, it was the scariest thing ever for me as a kid. I hated it. But you know, if I went in there with somebody, with my, my parents or my brother or something like that, it was actually fun because, you know, I could check out all these spiders, and it was actually quite an adventure, but the difference from being alone and having someone with me made all the difference between curiosity and fun and, and fear. And we need to make sure that we're living life with this reality that we are never alone. That Jesus is in our boat. And he's not distant, he is far, he is holding us. Do not fear, for I am with you. Now there are a lot of reasons, again, why he does not want us to live in fear. And I just want to look at a couple of those. First of all, um, faith rests in the peace of God while fear tends to strive, it is anxious, and needs to control. In John 14, uh, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Now, an orphan is someone, again, who tends to be alone, and they need to strive for everything they get because they're, they have competition. And and everything is anxious, and, and they have no one close, and they got to kind of control because they're all alone. they got to control their environment. they got to try to earn love. they got to fight for everything, and we can operate as orphans at times. 
And we can offer an, uh, uh, operate out of an orphan mentality, which brings about striving and, and anxiety and a need control. I've got to control my situation because it's all up to me because I'm alone. But for us, we are not alone. And we're no longer orphans. That we are connected and we are held. And so it gives us the ability, because we know God is at peace, for us to be at peace. And, and this is what we talked about last week. That we can be at peace because the Prince of Peace is in us. And so we can let go of striving. And we can let go of trying to control everything. And we can let go of our anxiety and, and allow the peace of God to replace that in us. Faith, again, a difference between faith and fear. Faith is led by the Holy Spirit and is therefore generous in giving. Fear is led by self and therefore is self-absorbed and self-protectant. Because faith is led by the Holy Spirit, it will always lead us towards generosity because God is generous. Uh, fear will always cause, cause us to be self-absorbed and it will cause us to focus on, on self. Ted Tripp said, the kingdom of self is driven and shaped by all kinds of fears. Fear of man, fear of discomfort, fear of difficulty, fear of failure, fear of not getting my own way, etc. The principle is this. If God doesn't own the fears of your, the fear of your heart, he will not own the practical direction of our lives. And of course, the, the direction he is always bringing us towards is what Jesus said, to give you life and life abundantly. It's always a direction of love. It's always a direction of being other-centered. And fear will always cause you to be more self-centered. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, uh, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, this is saying that, it's not saying that we can't be cautious about things, because obviously we need to be concerned and cautious about COVID-19, and there's even not necessarily something wrong with a mild, you know, sensation of fear, because there are times that is good, but when it becomes the dominant reality of our mind, when fear begins to shape our direction, and it causes us to, to do things that are not in line of God, that's when it is not a good thing. But we know that when we are being overwhelmed with fear, it is not from God. And if you are sensing an overwhelming sensation of fear in your life today, it is not from God. And God, through His power and love and grace, wants to pull that out of you and give you peace. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And, and faith is always will lead us to love. Fear will cause us to be self-absorbed and self-protected. And we're seeing that at times in our society through this COVID-19 thing, how fear has caused some people to become very self-protectant and very selfish when they go buy all the toilet paper and leave none for anybody else. As, you know, we, we've seen that as, as people hoard things and, 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 they, and, and they're, they're just, they've stopped being generous. But we want to be people who are filled with faith. And through this time, we got to make sure that this experience of COVID-19 does not keep us from loving one another. Now, it may look different. I mean, we can't gather in groups, but we can certainly pick up the phone. We can go online and, and open up a chat room or go on Facebook. We can, we can phone people and say, do you need something? We can drop stuff at people's doorsteps. There's still a lot of ways we can love people. If you're going to the grocery store, you can phone up someone who maybe is not in the best health and say, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need anything? I can just drop it off at your doorstep. Let this 
um, be still, uh, we got to still live in the realm, in the realm of faith and not fear. Faith will always bless your community, where fear will always rob your community. And you may remember the story in, in the book of Numbers when God was leading the people of Israel into the promised land. Again, a land filled with milk and honey, with a land of blessing. This is where God was to lead us into. But when the, the folks went in to check it out, many of them got infected, if you will, by fear. Joshua and Caleb, Caleb were living by faith, and, and they said, we can certainly conquer it. But the others were filled with fear, and they, and they were saying, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. And in that story, you can just read how fear was very contagious. I mean, we, we realize that COVID-19 is extremely contagious. It's like, like fear is like the same thing. It's amazing how quick fear can infiltrate a family or infiltrate a church. I mean, sometimes whole churches can get affected by fear, uh, fear or even our world can be infected by fear. But fear will always rob us of blessing our community. Because again, fear causes us to be more selfish rather than more loving and giving. And so again, we don't want to be operating out of the dominant voice of fear, but the dominant voice of faith. Uh, sometimes fear uh, will rob our community because uh, we just don't want to go out there and serve. Uh, maybe that we are full, so uh, filled with shame because of past mistakes or we've hurt people before and I've messed up. So, you know, I'm just afraid to go serve anybody because of my own shame. And if for any reason this morning uh, you are uh, full of fear because of your own shame, or maybe you're struggling with shame, uh, let me just read Isaiah 54, 4 for you. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. Sometimes our fear is actually coming from our own shame. Sometimes we can be afraid of things because of our own shame. And, 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 and God is saying to you that your shame has been taken away. You don't need to be afraid. It's been washed. You are clean. You are free to go and, and to serve and to bless people. In fact, there's this, this famous saying that says that people are waiting on the other side of your obedience. And a lot of times what keeps us from wanting to bless other people or maybe God has put something on our heart to, to go do and to, and to serve, and maybe a ministry. Fear often will keep us from engaging with God in the direction He wants us to go. There are people waiting on the other side of your obedience, or there are people waiting on the other side of your step of courage as you step beyond your fear into, into faith. And lastly, Faith focuses on what God can do, where fear will always focus on what you are unable to do. I mean, when we look through the lens of faith, we're, we're always asking this question, God, what are you up to? And, and I hear this in, in folks in these days of COVID-19, they're asking, God, what are you up to? What new ministry ideas are, are you moving in? God, how can we do things differently? How can we love people? God, what are you saying? Where are you moving? They're operating out of, out of thinking of faith. Or we can operate out of thinking of fear. Or this is too big for me, I can't do anything, this is a struggle, I'm filled with shame, you know, I'm just pathetic, I'm horrible, I might as well just give up and hide out and not do, do anything about anything and just, I mean, are you thinking through what God can do or thinking through what just you are able to do? 
I mean, God can do vastly more than what you are able to do. So let's keep our eyes on, on what God, God can do. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us that we live by faith and not by sight. Or Colossians 3, 2 says, let us set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, this doesn't mean that we ignore things that are going on on earth because we are to take them seriously. But it means we set our minds on heaven first and say, God, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What are the opportunities you're giving me? And we bring heaven down to earth. And this is what Jesus prayed. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we always want to be bringing heaven down to earth and even when it comes to our thought life. Now, let me finish with this. We've talked a lot about fear, but, but how do we overcome fear? How do we, how do we get fear out of us? Well, the Bible actually quite clearly tells us how to remove fear. In 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love, and then depending on your translation, will say casts out fear, or drives out fear, or expels all fear. And that's what we want. <laughs> we want to have fear cast out of me. I want, I want it to be driven out of me. I want it to be expelled out of me because I don't want to live in fear. How do I do that? There is no fear in love, but it's perfect love that casts out fear, drives out fear, that expels fear. And we know that perfect love is God's love because He is that perfect love. And the more we focus in on bringing in and opening our hearts to the perfect love of God, the less room there is for fear, and the more that fear is removed. And sometimes the mistake we can make is we spend all of our energy fighting our fear. You know, I'm going to battle this fear, and I'm going to get rid of it in Jesus' name, and all of our attention is on fighting the fear. And sometimes, when all your attention is on fighting your fear, it can actually make it worse, because all your thoughts are surrounded the majority of your attention needs to be on the perfect love of the Father, how you are loved, how you are a child of God, how you are forgiven, how that shame has been removed, all the opportunities that God has for you. You focus in on intentional relationship. And the more you focus in on intentional relationship with God and allow that to dominate your thoughts, well, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It drives out fear. It expels all fear. As Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. So Father, we ask that you would guard our hearts and our minds in these days. God, that when those dominant thoughts of fear begin to slip into our minds, God, I pray you would shift us to connect with you, to give you love and to receive love from you so that your perfect love might cast out all fear. God, we pray for anybody this morning that is struggling with fear and anxiety. God, we pray in Jesus' name that that would melt away in your love. God, that you would remind us that you are in our boat that you are the miracle-working God, that we are so loved by you, so that when I am afraid, I put my trust